<clears throat> I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. This morning, you're going to have to bear with me. My voice is a little bit uh, conflicted, but I'm, gonna, I'm so anxious to share with you today <clears throat> God's word, particularly from uh, the epistle reading today, uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, in which he speaks about a living faith. And the description he gives is so, is so beautiful and yet uh, so meaningful uh, for each of us to remember. As we look at our own faith life and our walk with the Lord, Paul says it this way as he speaks about the Thessalonians, but also God speaking to us. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers Remembering before our God and Father, three things here, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfast hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Labor of faith, love, and your hope in the Lord Jesus. Well, that's really pretty descriptive, really, of the Christian faith as it applies to each and every one of us today. And on this Reformation Sunday, I thought it might be a good opportunity to maybe take a little spiritual inventory of our lives. When I was a young man growing up, my father had an office equipment business. And every June, he said, Ronnie, it's time to take inventory. Well, that wasn't something I really looked forward to. Pencils, pens, uh, machines of all kinds, paper, reams, and so on. And I asked him one time, I said, well, what's the benefit of taking an inventory? And he said, well, first of all, of course, it has tax implications. But he said, it really lets me know where I stand. Where I stand in terms of my business and my hopes and my dreams. Well, really, a spiritual inventory for us today could really mean basically the same thing. Where do we stand before God? And what are our hopes? And what are our dreams? You see, God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And it's being fulfilled each and every day. When Paul thanked the Thessalonians for their faith life, he said, remember this, God chose you. He set you apart, and he gifted you uniquely and specially to be his own. I love the words in this letter to the Thessalonians where God tells us that we were chosen because of the gospel, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. I think that would be a good theme to preach on sometime with conviction. Now, I think you know what I mean by that. If I would say to our uh, drummer today, you have conviction. By the way, wasn't that a great version of A Mighty Fortress? Wow, I'm going to say thank you for that. <laughs> and the adult choir this morning at 8 o'clock, six people. Wow. Thank you, adult choir. I see some of you here. What a way to celebrate. What a way to witness and to testify with the gifts and the talents and the commitment that we have 
for Christ and his kingdom. Well, as I said, I would take this inventory and then I would, uh, my father would be happy and he would say, well, you know, well done. I never quite understood it. <clears throat> but I think I know a little bit more about a spiritual inventory. Where do we stand with God? And maybe, oh, down on the floor, okay. He's okay, he's just resting. Um, it all really begins with the work that we are to do, our work in faith. God has given us a work to work. He's given us a, a, an open door and many opportunities to serve him as we meet people in a variety of ways. In our Bible class this morning, we talked about how God opens doors and that we don't even see it sometimes, but he, he swings those open so that we can walk in and tell our personal story about Jesus Christ, that he is the Lord of our life and our salvation. You know, that's really what Martin Luther did. Way back in the 1500s, he wanted to tell his personal story. It all started with his, with his uh, incense drive to satisfy the demands of a righteous God. How can I ever be good enough? How can I ever be where God really wants me to be and tells me to be? And Luther, well, he struggled. It was a spiritual struggle. And I think maybe some of us in our own personal lives have that, had that happen too. Well, we struggle to say, Lord, I'm not sure if I'm okay with you. I'm not sure if I'm right with you. My life seems to have been gone so quickly and I, I'm, I'm not doing the things I'm I'm kind of like the Apostle Paul. You know, the good that I want to do, I don't do as well or as good, but the bad things, you know, the stuff that I don't want to get involved in, I find myself involved in. And maybe we would say like the Apostle Paul, oh, wretched person that I am. But then that's when the Holy Spirit really takes over. That's when God takes over. And sometimes in our deepest depths and our lowest lows, he comes to us and he does and he says, look, remember who you are. You are mine. You've been bought with a price, the price of the blood of my son. Never underestimate what that means. Let that truth override every thought and word and deed that is not acceptable to me or to you. Know that you belong to me. I have an investment in you. And just like the writer says uh, this morning, Paul says, God has chosen us with the power of his spirit and with deep conviction. He's committed to us. We're members of his family. He never turns his back on us. He never walks away from us. And he certainly never gives up on us. He's at the door knocking and knocking and knocking. I mean the door of our heart. And he's always there saying, I not, only, I not only want to be in, but I want to be center. I want to be center of your life. I want you to see that from me, every relationship, every activity, <clears throat> every event that you find yourself involved in, that I am there. Jesus said it so beautifully in Matthew's gospel when he gave the great commission to go into the world and make disciples. He said, look, 
Remember, I'm with you always. No greater promise. Christ with us always means what? Forgiveness of sin and victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. Nothing. Things will get in our way. We will have to encounter difficulties in life. I mean, my goodness, look at the world today in which we live. Every event that's, you know, turn on the news. It's all about uh, the uh, war now in Israel with the Hamas and so on. The war in Ukraine. The individual battles. The people maybe who we've held very high in esteem maybe have disappointed us. Or maybe we've lost faith in people. But you know what? Is that where we really want to put our faith? Is that really where we want to put our trust? God spells it all pretty clearly in his word. Don't put your trust in things of people, but put your trust in me. I'm the overwhelming, overriding God, the only true God. And this is my world, and you belong to me. And I will bring you through the rough places, the deep valleys. I will bring you up to the mountains, and you will always reside with me. That's God's promise. I mean, that's his will. And a living Christian faith focuses on those words and promises of God. The love that we show and exhibit in our love for one another and for the work of the kingdom, for example. It's all about who we are here as church. It's all about reaching out in a sacrificial, loving and caring way and saying, I care about the world. I care about the people of the world. I care about the lost and the lonely and the downtrodden. I care about the sick and the ill and the disenfranchised and the poor. I care about them not only in their physical state, but in their spiritual state. Do I have a compassion for lost people in a lost world? Martin Luther certainly had it. He certainly did. I mean, he got, he got right down into people's lives. When he left Wittenberg often to preach at these, uh, different, uh, in these different cities and towns and villages, there was all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of division and all kinds of difficulty and, you know, everything from personal interactions and relationships to major, major events and so on. But that's where the gospel of Christ, that's where the gospel carries us. That's where God wants to lead us into the conflicting lives of people and the world in which we live. God could have given up on the world when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. He could have said, well, you know what? It's over. I've tried this grand experiment. Well, it's not going to work. But no, with commitment and great energy and great power and great promise, he was committed to save you and me. The future generations of Adam and Eve and their family saved through the blood of his son Jesus, promised in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New. That's where we stand today in these New Testament times to live out our faith life with love under the sure and certain hope of victory in Jesus. I don't know what you're looking at these coming weeks. I know that a lot's happening personally in all of our lives as we get ready for Thanksgiving and 
Advent and Christmas and a new year. It's really exciting. Um, it's, it's something that we treasure uh, since we were small till even adulthood, obviously. But there's one thing that has to be in the center of it all. There's one thing that makes all the work and the effort and the stress, and there is stress, most important. And that is we're here to celebrate Jesus Christ and the faith that we have in him through him. You know, grace alone, faith alone, and the word of God alone, that was the, that was the hallmark of the Reformation. The word of God, that's, that's where we stand. We live under God's grace. There's no other place to live, right? His love and forgiveness. And we walk by faith, by absolute faith and trust in taking the words of God seriously. I am with you always. I will give you rest. Whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. That's where we stand today. That's our heritage from the Reformation. That's our... That's our heritage that we give to our children and our children's children as members of God's family. So my prayer for you today is that you will continue to walk as we all are in the way of the Lord, that you grow in, in, in faith and in trust and in, in, in an understanding that nothing, as Rome, Paul says in Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are a blessed people, wouldn't you say? We're overwhelmingly blessed. God has a special place in his heart for each and every one of you and a special work for you to do. May God continue to reveal that to you each day, that you see the way that he has made for you as a faith that is living, growing, and serving. May God bless us as he does and move us forward each day in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.